0: The mind of Jesus going through these streets of Jerusalem is a mind of mercy, a mind of steadfastness. Jesus knows full well what will take place, what must take place in a few short days. And so he goes forth. But you see, he goes forth as the king. The king who not come, does not come in all types of pomp and show and earthly glory, but the king who goes for his people to the cross. Now, St. Matthew recorded for us now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey. Tied and a colt with her, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, "The Lord needs them," and he will send them at once. Now, even during this time, as Jesus goes forth, he is in control. The whole in this whole account before us today, his mind was and is the mind of God to save his people. So when he tells his disciples to go and what to do, he knew what would happen. He knew, too, that he was fulfilling the prophecy spoken by the prophet Zechariah, as we heard in that Old Testament reading. And God speaks to you today about who you are to be. We have this mind of Christ set before us, and in the epistle reading, God, through the pen of St. Paul, writes, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now, unpacking this word mind here, it has more than just a sense of thinking, more than just our mind and things pertaining to that. This word here has a whole state of mind, a whole disposition, a whole attitude. It's a whole way of life. It's our heart, our mind, and everything. And the focus on this from the get go in this epistle reading is what is yours in Christ. You have this in Him, it's been given to you. And so Palm Sunday then puts this image before you of Jesus riding through the streets of Jerusalem, and we're called to see this for what it is. We know what happens. Jesus goes to die. And God tells you the reason. It's because of us, and it's for us. Now part of this mind of God, then, is is his humiliation. The humiliation of Jesus is him not exercising his divine power and authority all the time while walking on this earth. He still is fully God and possesses everything, but he just chooses to limit and away himself from his incarnation until his crucifixion. And the purpose of this is so that he would subject himself to God's righteous law and fulfill it. So that he would take on the sin of the world. So that he would suffer and die for it. We speak of that when he talks about humbling himself. When he became man, he did these things. That word humiliation, we have a lot of baggage. It's not Jesus was like a a senior who was wanting to go to the prom and then he wakes up and he has pimples all over his face. I'm so humiliated. No, this is what he does. He does this purpose in order to suffer and die. So that obedience then of Jesus is obedience actively fulfilling the law of God. And him passively, that is, suffering the wages of sin. Suffering God's wrath as he prays in in Gethsemane about the cup of God's wrath. So for you to see this and to know this is to know then your own sin. To know what God demands of it. God commands you to be perfect. Perfect. He calls you to live his law because it is good. God demands your life then as a payment for sin. There's no escape. There's no answer. Blood must be shed or you would go to hell forever. Both the Old and New Testament tell us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so your mind and your heart, your whole life, your whole attitude, your whole very person is one of repentance. So you see your sin and you see the price that must be paid. And you fear God. Fear him who judges your sin according to his perfect and righteous law. Fear him who justice must be carried out. God does not look the other way. Your sin must be paid for. Don't take these things lightly. If you would think these things are trivial or you want to cling to your sin and flee from God's word then you better fear God's judgment and know that you are heading to hell. Because refusing to repent of your sin, sin which the Lord's holy law reveals and accuses you, you're refusing to place your sin on the Lamb of God who rode and bore it on the cross. Your mind then in unrepentance is a mind not of humility, but a mind of arrogance, a mind of unbelief, a life lived in mockery, to the king, And so when we start thinking about this on Palm Sunday, and we think about this even our whole lives, the difference between Christians and unbelievers is that while we both are sinners, Christians repent of their sin, and they look to Christ for mercy, whereas unbelievers refuse to repent, and they look for, to themselves and their sin, and they want to be known by that. So there's a warning then in this reading from Philippians today of what will happen on the last day. We hear, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now when this great Philippians hymn is before us, it's a famous hymn in the Bible and it was circulating a lot during the time that St. Paul wrote this. And oftentimes we see this as simply praising God. Well, there is most definitely the case. This is praising God, praising his name. There's another element. For those who have lived their whole lives against Christ, against the the king, there will come a day when they will bow before him. Some scholars have mentioned that in parts of the ancient world, if a person would refuse to bow before the king, the guards would go up and cut his ligaments and his legs. So that whether he wanted to or not, he would bow before the king. And so Christians will bow before our Lord on the last day in great joy. Unbelievers will bow before Christ in his name. They will bow before it. But they will bow in judgment. Bow in condemnation. And so God warns you about this and calls you to repent and humble yourself before him. Cast aside your sin and look to Christ the king, crying out for mercy. And so the wonderful thing in all of this, the wonderful thing about Palm Sunday, is that Jesus knows all of this. His mind is set towards the cross. Luke tells us before Palm Sunday, at one point in his gospel, he fixed his face like flint. He goes forth as the lamb uncomplaining. He bears the guilt of sinners. He bears your guilt on his whole person as he goes forward. And so his kingship, his glory, it's known in all of this as you see him as the one who is your substitute. The great king of kings is the son of David. He is the long-promised one, spoken of as the one who would save his people. Even right after the fall into sin in the Garden of Eden, God spoke that promise. So this eternal God, who has no beginning, who has no end, who created all things, and whom all things have been created, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grass, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, literally a slave, Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So what a joy. What beauty before you that God says this day on this holiest of weeks. This obedience of Jesus, what he does, what he goes forth, it's your salvation accomplished for you we who know all too well, who have not been obedient to God. So the humility of Jesus to suffer death for you is yours, who humble yourself under his mighty hand. And Jesus rides on in majestic glory to Golgotha, to his throne room, and you see your redemption drawing near. And so with those palm branches, we shout, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And you wave those as a people People of Zion, forgiven by your king. People who are inheritors of the kingdom through the waters of your baptism. John's gospel is the only gospel that mentions the palm branches. And John also mentions in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, where we hear on All Saints Day, the saints standing before the throne of God, waving palm branches in their hands, in victory. And you'll be with them one day too, clothed in white, having been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. So even as you wave palm branches now, there will come a day when you will stand before the throne of God and you will bow down to him in great glory, law, and honor and eternal bliss because you bear his saving name upon you as you wave those palm branches at the victory feast of the lamb who has been slain. So rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout aloud of daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation as he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Rejoice indeed, dear people of Zion. Your Lord has come. He has gone forth. He has accomplished your salvation. And your King has shown you mercy. As he has redeemed you by his own blood. So what a week this is as we receive this salvation through word and sacraments. Come to the services this week. We hear this. God gives it out. This is the mind the Holy Spirit has given to you, which is faith in Christ. The king comes. He's now here in his means of grace. And your king will come again on the last day. So thanks be to God for such glory that is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Your king, now and forever. Amen.